elegant, intelligent, capable, loving, majestic, beautiful, elegant, intelligent, capable, loving, majestic. Historical Files on the Dr. Beth's podcast. Stay tuned. exists in Africa to this day. Only its name and the tools with which it is done are changed. Earlier, you needed foreign armies to control and exploit nations, but today, you need agreements, policies, and financial systems which keep nations poor and subservient for eternity. This way, no one can say that there is exploitation, but in reality, it's just the same as the colonial era. That's what France is doing with the Francophone African countries. About 29 African countries speak French and out of them. 21 countries have French as their official language. It's because in these countries, France was and is the colonial power, exploiting resources and leveraging them to strengthen France. Today, these 21 African countries are called Francophone African countries, a name given to those which have France as their official language. But there is something hidden in the name. It's used for countries which are still being looted to this day by France, either by mining resources, exploiting them, and seizing the financial system of these African countries, France ensures these countries remain poor to this day. Just imagine the evilness with which France does so. This was pointed out by Italy's Prime Minister, Giorgina Maloney, who said that most of the gold that these 14 African countries chilled La Bormini ends up in French Trisuri coffers. But let's rewind a bit and see how it happened. In 1958, when Sekou Touré of Guinea made the bold decision to break away from the French colonial empire and pursue independence for his country, it triggered a furious response from the French colonial elite in Paris. In a historic display of anger, the French administration in Guinea initiated a campaign to destroy everything in the country that symbolized what they considered the benefits of French colonization. 3,000 French citizens left Guinea taking Guinea's possessions with them and wreaking havoc on anything they couldn't take. Schools, nurseries, and public administration buildings were demolished. Cars, books, medical supplies, research instruments, and tractors were either crushed or sabotaged. 
Livestock on farms, including horses and cows, were killed, and food in warehouses was either burned or poisoned. The objective behind this shocking act was to send a clear message to all other colonies that the consequences of rejecting France's control would be severe. This event instilled fear within the African elite, and later, no other colony dared to follow Sekou Touré's example. Silvanus Olympio, the first president of the Republic of Togo, a small West African nation, sought a middle ground solution with the French. He didn't want his country to remain under French dominion, so he refused to sign Charles de Gaulle's proposed continuation of the Colonial Pact. However, he agreed to pay an annual debt to France for what was termed as the benefits Togo had received from French colonization. That day was the start of neocolonialism because France came to know that it could continue to exploit African countries even if it geographically left them. For the Republic of Togo, this agreement was the only way to prevent the French from destroying the country before departing. Yet France wanted to use the opportunity the best way it could, drying Togo's reserves. The amount determined by France was so exorbitant that the repayment of this so-called colonial debt consumed nearly 40% of the country's budget by 1963. Togo's financial situation as a newly independent nation became highly precarious. To address this, Olympio decided to abandon the French colonial currency, FCFA, the franc for French African colonies, and introduced a national currency. However, on January 13, 1963, just three days after he began printing the country's own currency, Sylvanus Olympio was assassinated. His killers were a group of illiterate soldiers allegedly supported by France. The man who carried out the assassination was Etienne Guinassingba, a former French foreign legionnaire army sergeant who reportedly received a bounty of 612 bars from the local French embassy for the job. The message was clear, stay under French control or get assassinated. Olympio had a vision of building an independent, self-sufficient, and self-reliant nation, but this vision was not in line with French interests. On June 30th, 1962, Modiba Keita, the first president of the Republic of Mali, decided to withdraw from the French colonial currency FCFA, which had been imposed on 12 newly independent African countries. President Keita, who leaned toward a socialist economic model, recognized that the continuation of the colonization pact with France was a hindrance to the country's development rather than a benefit. On November 19, 1968, just like Olympio, Keita fell victim to a coup orchestrated by another former French foreign legionnaire, Lieutenant Moussa Traoré. During the tumultuous period when African nations were struggling to break free from European colonization, France repeatedly employed ex-foreign legionnaires to carry out coups against elected presidents. France was doing this bluntly, and the world was seeing, doing nothing, and not coming in France's way. A series of coups was initiated in the former French-controlled African countries. On January 1, 1966, Jean-Bédel Bocassa, an ex-French foreign legionnaire, staged a coup against David Daco, the inaugural president of the Central African Republic. On January 3, 1966, Maurice Yameogo, the first president of the Republic of Upper Volta, now Burkina Faso, fell victim to a coup led by Aboubakar Sangoulé Lamazana, an ex-French legionnaire who had fought alongside French troops in Indonesia and Algeria against those countries' quests for independence. Yet again, on October 26, 1972, Mathieu Kérékou, who had been a security guard to President Hubert Maga, 
the first president of the Republic of Benin, staged a coup against the president. You should know that Karakou attended French military schools from 1968 to 1970. Over the last five decades, a total of 67 coups have occurred in 26 African countries, with 16 of these countries being former French colonies. This means that 61% of these coups took place in Francophone Africa. This literally shows how France has the reins of Francophone African nations in its hands. In March 2008, former French France will slide down into the rank of a third world power. François Mitterrand, his predecessor, had prophesied in 1957 that without Africa, France will have no history in the 21st century. It's quite true because without Africa, France has nothing to survive as it exploits Francophone African countries' resources. As of now, 14 African countries are obligated by France through a colonial pact to deposit 85% of their foreign reserves into the French central bank under the control of the French Minister of Finance. The system, condemned even by the European Union, remains entrenched, funneling approximately 500 billion from Africa to the French treasury year after year. Often we accuse African leaders of corruption and of serving the interests of Western nations instead of their own people. However, there is a clear explanation for this behavior. These leaders act this way because they live in constant fear of being killed or overthrown. They seek the protection of a powerful nation in case of aggression or trouble. Unfortunately, Western protection is often offered in exchange for these leaders abandoning their commitment to their own people and their nation's interests. Remember we talk about the pacts which ensure colonialism exists to this day? When African nations gained independence from France, they signed the Colonization Continuation Pact in the 1950s. The terms and conditions of the pact tell the entire story and explain how France exploits Francophone African countries to this day. The pact says that the newly independent countries are required to repay France for the infrastructure developed by France in their nations during the colonial period. Perhaps they forgot that whatever they built in Africa was done using African resources. France came to Africa with nothing in their hands except the greed in their eyes and hearts. However, whether the pact is fair or not, it has to be complied with, which the Francophone African countries are doing. No one from the liberal Western world raises questions about the organized robbery and plundering France is carrying out in the Francophone African countries. Here's a reminder to please like and share condition was the automatic confiscation of national reserves. African countries were required to deposit their national monetary reserves into the French Central Bank. France has been holding the national reserves of 14 African countries since 1961, including Benin, Burkina Faso, Guinea-Bissau, Ivory Coast, Mali, Niger, Senegal, Togo, Cameroon, Central African Republic, Chad, Congo-Brazzaville, Equatorial Guinea, and Gabon. In other words, the gold of these nations is literally in the French treasury coffers. In essence, over 80% of the foreign reserves of these African countries are deposited in these operations accounts controlled by the French treasury. The countries have limited knowledge of the amounts in these accounts and how their earnings are managed. France allows them access to only 15% of the money annually. Any additional funds needed must be borrowed from their own 65% held in the French treasury at commercial rates. You can now understand why these Francophone African countries are poor. They cannot use their own money. Can you see the exploitation? 
Well, it's not just exploitation. It's the true face of the European country's moral and ethical standards. Under the CFA franc system, African countries have limited influence over the value of their own currency. This discrepancy in currency value allows France to purchase African products at artificially low prices, while Africans find themselves able to buy fewer goods with the exchange currency. The pact also states that France has the first right to purchase any natural resources discovered in the territories of its former colonies. Only if France declines interest can the African countries seek other partners. And guess what? France does purchase of these resources but for pennies, instead of paying billions of dollars, which is their true worth. Yet another shameless condition of the pact is to prioritize French interests in public procurement and bidding. In other words, French companies must be given priority in government contract awards, regardless of whether better value for money can be obtained elsewhere. This has led to French expatriates controlling many of the major economic assets in former French colonies, such as utilities, commerce, construction, and agriculture. In essence, much of the economic infrastructure of these nations is in the hands of French companies. The pact also stated that France has the exclusive right to supply military equipment and train military officers in Francophone African countries. This ensures that the officers pledge their loyalty first to France and then to their own state. Through a complex arrangement involving scholarships, grants, and defense agreements linked to the colonial pact, African nations are obliged to send their senior military officers for training in France or French-run training facilities. This has resulted in a situation where France has trained numerous individuals who can be activated when needed, such as for coups or other purposes. Under defense agreements attached to the colonial pact, France possesses the legal authority to militarily intervene in African nations and maintain troops permanently in bases and military facilities within those countries, all under French control. During the tenure of President Laurent Gbagbo in Côte d'Ivoire, when he attempted to end French exploitation of the country, France organized a coup. In the process of ousting Gbagbo, French tanks, helicopter gunships, and special forces directly intervened in the conflict, even firing upon civilians, resulting in casualties. Another requirement is imposed to make French the official language of the country and the language of education. This policy is overseen by an organization known as Francophonie, dedicated to spreading the French language and culture. It operates under the supervision of the French Minister of Foreign Affairs. This linguistic restriction significantly limits access to global knowledge and ideas, keeping children ignorant of what France actually does. There is also an obligation to use the CFA franc as the only currency, which is a central element of this exploitative system criticized even by the European Union. A requirement is in place for African countries to submit annual balance and reserve reports to France. Without, without these reports, financial transactions are hindered. The Secretariat of the Central Banks of the Ex-Colonies and the Secretariat of Biannual Meetings of the Ministers of Finance of the Ex-Colonies are both administered by France's Central Bank and Treasury. Another condition which severely compromises Francophone African countries' sovereignty is the prohibition on entering military alliances without France's authorization. African countries in general have limited regional military alliances, often only with their former colonizers. In the case of France's former colonies, 
they were forbidden from seeking military alliances with other countries without France's explicit authorization. Yet another term for the pact is the obligation to ally France in times of war or global crisis. During the Second World War, over one million African soldiers fought against Nazism and fascism. Their significant contribution is often overlooked or downplayed. However, considering that it took just six weeks for Germany to defeat France in 1940, France recognized the potential utility of African forces in safeguarding its grandeur de la France, or greatness of France, in the future. You see, following the Declaration of Independence by several African states in the 1960s, France sought ways to maintain its exploitation of African resources. They imposed French as the official language and the language of instruction in schools, facilitating the cultivation of a local elite indoctrinated with Western values. French officials then forged agreements with powerful capitalist corporations to continue profiting from African resources, including oil, natural gas, uranium, gold, diamonds, agricultural products, and other minerals. Despite many post-colonial African states gaining nominal autonomy from colonial powers, Africa entered the era of neocolonialism. This neocolonial context is crucial to understanding many of the challenges faced in Africa today. As colonial states began to withdraw from Africa, it was evident that they established certain organizations and structures to perpetuate the system before their departure. The situation in Niger, with the recent coup, is in this context. France acquires over 90% of the uranium produced by Nigerians. Therefore, despite sitting on a rich uranium resource, two-fifths of the population earn less than $2 a day and live under harsh conditions. Today, Francophonie African countries are still being exploited by France. However, the coup in Niger tells us that the future is going to be very different from the past. Perhaps the time has come when these Francophone African countries want to kick France and its controls out. Did you know that France plunders and loots African countries to this day? Isn't it true that colonization exists? Yet, nobody talks about it? Let us know what you think. How sick can we be? How dumb can we be? Even in the face of obvious truths, it's easier for us to believe a white man when they lie to us because the white man said so. The question is, how long will it take us to understand that those are lies that we have been told, that we have been programmed to hate ourselves? Understand your history. Now begin the process of healing. Understand what has been done to you. Understand that you're riding somebody else's train, going in somebody else's direction towards their own destination. Your train is in the next track. It should be going in the opposite direction. That is where your destiny is. Understand that you are the father of humanity. Understand as a black woman, you are the mother of humanity. You get birth to the first human being but as the father and mother of humanity. Why do you accept the lies? Why do you allow those you gave birth to, those whose shared existence depends on you, to abuse you? We know we do some of the dumbest things.
Mother Landry, pull me. Mother Land, Mother Landry, pull me. Ooh, ooh. 